My Better Half visits people who've made changes or taken on a challenge later in life. Today, Vanessa Finney speaks with award-winning organ photographer and writer, Matt Witt. This is My Better Half on the Jefferson Exchange. I'm Vanessa Finney. My guest today is Matt Witt who spent the majority of his career helping organize union and solidarity movements. When he retired, he developed his hobby of nature and wildlife photography into another career, and he eventually began using his photos to support the community campaigns that were being organized by younger generations in Southern Oregon. Matt Witt, welcome. Thank you, Vanessa, and thanks for hosting this very interesting series. Oh, you're welcome, and thanks for that feedback. So tell us about this first career that you had. It sounds so interesting. Well, I've always been drawn to projects or campaigns where communities of people are organizing for the greater good. And back when I was 21, I went to West Virginia and Kentucky to help a group of coal miners who were trying to overthrow the corrupt leaders of the Mine Workers Union. I was trained as a writer and organizer, And I volunteered in their campaign to democratize their union. Hmm. And um, to pretty much everyone's surprise, they succeeded and made that union a real force for safer working conditions. And I was hooked. I was hooked on that kind of organizing work, which is what I ended up doing until I retired in my 60s. Well, that's a lot of important work. And thank you for that. Um, During that time, what role was photography playing in your life, if any? Uh, Not a big role. Uh, When I wasn't working, my big activity was to go backpacking all over the West, uh, up in the Olympic Peninsula, uh, the Red Rock country in Utah, or just about anywhere in between. And I'd take a little point-and-shoot camera with me just to bring back the memories to enjoy with the people I went with. Uh, Then in my mid-50s, I moved to Southern Oregon and continued working remotely from here, and completely by chance, I met a professional photographer named David Winston. Some of your listeners may know who he is. Hmm. He was part of a group of photographers of all styles who met once a month to show each other their work and to share advice about shooting and processing photos. And by chance, he looked at my photos, and when this group had an opening, he was kind enough to encourage me to join. And with their help, uh, I started taking photography much more seriously, both during the time I was still working and then when I retired. Yeah, that seems so important. That seems a common thread in a lot of people's stories that you you find that mentor or you even find that collaborative group that's giving each other feedback and encouraging it could, it could really um, sort of pave the way to a next phase of your life with that kind of Absolutely. encouragement. Yeah. So in your case, your so-called second act was a hobby that slowly grew in importance while you were involved with your first act. And what appeals to you about photography? Well, you know, when I, I find when I'm hiking or backpacking and I have my camera with me, I slow down. <clears throat> I pay more attention to what I'm seeing. Even on a day when maybe I don't actually take many photos, I pay more attention to the light, to the patterns, the shapes, juxtaposition of one element and another, or even just to the mood of the scene. Uh, And it also makes me think about not just snapshots of wildlife, but how to show birds or animals in their most distinctive behavior or in a particularly interesting environment. Mm. 
like um, I, I photographed a group of otters using each other for a pillow while sleeping on the beach or mm-hmm. a couple of young elk practicing locking horns when they got to be real bull elk um, or a bluebird peeking out of its nest in a hole in, in lava. There's a very different texture from the bird. And I, I also started to just gravitate toward my own style that I think of as closer to nature, um, which I, I call it that because it's a lot of my photographs focusing in on specific details. Like um, I might focus in on a particularly picturesque pattern of bark on a tree or an ice crystal in the snow. I, I take landscape photos too, but whether I'm in the mountains or desert or coast, even with those, I try to create uncluttered images that really dramatize the essence of what's beautiful. Right. And I'm sure that's ringing a bell for those of our listeners who are already familiar with your work. And definitely, even those of us who just sketch for fun, that rings true when you talk about how when you have to represent something to another person, whether it's visually or in a story, you pay much more attention so you can represent it more accurately, whether you're looking at the line of a leaf or just remembering details in a story. So what made you start to take this hobby more seriously and even consider it as another career? Well, as I developed my photography practice, uh, I was lucky enough to get accepted to some artist residencies at different places around the West. I don't know if people know what that is, but it's they're, they're programs by national parks or independent art centers that select photographers or writers or painters or sculptors to come there for a few weeks and the place provides housing and the time to work on whatever your art might be. And so I, I had a chance to, to be chosen to do that at, at uh, Crater Lake uh, National Park, John Day National Monument, the uh, Beartooth Wilderness in Montana, a place called Mesa Refuge near Point Reyes, mm-hmm. um, Playa, which some people might have heard of, an art center in Summer Lake, Oregon, and closer to home here at the Cascade Siskiyou National Monument. And those were just great opportunities to really delve into a particular place and figure out how to photograph the beauty of it. Um, And as I I learned more, I started to do, I guess, what photographers are expected to do. So not just developing my own website, but having my photographs selected for galleries and exhibitions and published in magazines and art journals, which is all fine. It's good. But honestly, it didn't give me as much meaning as it might. This is My Better Half on the Jefferson Exchange. I'm Vanessa Finney, and I'm talking with photographer Matt Witt, whose work can be seen at mattwittphotography.com. So, Matt, you were saying that after retiring from union organizing, you'd spent a lot of energy developing your skills in photography, and it gave you satisfaction, you know, in the sense that it developed your attention to detail that we talked about, and the subjects are obviously close to your heart, and your efforts were certainly being validated. You were getting these residencies and such. Um, So why, given all that, was it not feeling as meaningful to you as it might have? Well, sometimes the arts culture encourages you to pursue recognition 
more than whatever it was that was meaningful that drew you to the work to begin with. Right. And and also there's a lot of emphasis on this image of the artist as a lone individual when in reality artists function as part of a larger community. And yeah. just again by chance, it turned out that over the past 10 years in the Rogue Valley where I live, there have been new community organizing projects emerging, mostly started by very creative and dedicated people a generation or two younger than me. And I began to realize, hey, I can put my new pastime, my second act, as you call it, to work for these folks who are bringing communities together for the common good, um, you know, who are doing the kind of thing I did when I was their age. Right, right. Connecting your work as the so-called loner artist, but you're connecting it back to the greater community. For uh, Yeah. Yeah. So what local projects have you supported? Well, just a few examples. Uh, one would be Rogue Climate, which is a very effective group that has brought people together really across the political spectrum to speed up our transition to cleaner energy and to protect rural and working class communities like ours that are the hardest hit by climate change. Um, Another one would be Rogue Action Center that works on affordable housing. And there's an inspiring project called Vesper Meadow that is involving hundreds of people in restoration of about 700 acres up in the mountains Mm -hmm. and using that to educate the whole community about ecology and about tribal culture. So I started providing photos to the publications and online campaigns of lots of groups like these Ah. and donating framed photos to be auctioned at their fundraisers, taking photos of local residents in action, like at protests and rallies, workshops, like the successful campaign that stopped the Jordan Cove pipeline that was going to export gas overseas. Um, And I I guess one of the most meaningful projects I've been involved in came after the Almeida fire destroyed so many homes in the valley a couple of years ago. I started hearing about so many people, including people I knew personally, who lost literally everything, including whatever prized artwork or family photos they used to have. So um, I was able to partner with Rogue Climate, Rogue Action Center, and a foundation called Haynes and Friends Mm -hmm. to give 300 uh, of these fire survivor households framed nature photographs for their walls. In fact, we set up a special place on my website where fire survivors chose from among 70 photographs. So they would end up with something that really fit their personal taste. So I guess you could say that what I've done in the second part of my life with photography, it's really unexpected and different, but it's also ending up connecting back to the kind of thing I did in the first part. And the common thread has been being able to support people who are working together to make their communities or workplaces better for everybody. That's so neat. I uh, And it was, uh, I remember hearing about that um, support of the Almeida fire victims, and that was one of the first things that made me want to reach out to you, as well as I think you were involved with the Pollinator Project, is that right? Uh-huh. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's another group that I um, supported. Great, great work that they do. Yeah, doing uh, benefits for us all. Did you have kind of an aha moment? I'm wondering when you made that connection, when, you know, you had, at first it was this distinct sort of second phase, and was there that 
special moment when you realize, oh, I can connect this and serve it to these organizations and movements that I've always cared about? Well, I'm sure there were a number of aha moments, but one was when I was setting up my website, and uh, it meant that people could start to order photos through it. And I realized, well, I could set this up so that if people do order, the money would go to one of these organizations. And so actually, that's the way I set it up, is is the, uh, any money that people spend on photos, it goes directly to the Rogue Action Center for their um, training and organizing work. Terrific. And that was kind of, you know, you don't have to do it the way you're expected to do it. Yeah. And you end up sort of coming full circle in a way. Mm -hmm. So you started concentrating more on developing your photography skills in your 50s. And then you went pro in your 60s, I believe. And now you're in your 70s. Is there anything you've learned from this process of developing a second vocation in your later years that others might benefit from? Well, I guess this is where class privilege comes into the conversation Mm -hmm. a little bit, because I was able to retire with enough to live on and to pursue a second vocation, as you say. And not everybody can. So... uh, I guess I, what, one thing that I've learned is that um, those of us who have the luxury of looking forward to a second act, you know, we should be doing what we can to support organizations and movements that are trying to make sure that future generations and everyone in our communities can retire, not only at a survival level, but so they can actually pursue whatever interest or dream they may have. Great. That's a a wonderful call to responsibility. Yeah. Well, Matt Witt, thank you for your time today, and thank you for all you're doing for our community. Well, thank you, and again, thanks for this show. It's really great. Wonderful. You've been listening to My Better Half on the Jefferson Exchange. I'm Vanessa Finney, and I've been talking with photographer Matt Witt, who not only began a second line of work after retiring, he found a way to connect the two and serve the communities he cares about with his photography. You can view his work at mattwittphotography.com. And if there's a topic you'd like to see covered by My Better Half on making the most of your 40s, 50s, 60s, and beyond, please drop me a line at finneyv at sou. 